Welcome to the Bagpipe Nation podcast for February 15th, 2011. Tonight's discussion with hosts Finn Janowski and Andrew Douglas uh, talk about going to Scotland, uh, primarily with your band and primarily to the World Pipe Band Championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, good evening, uh, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this uh, sort of bizarre Tuesday night bagpipe nation. Uh, it's on Tuesday night tonight for a variety of reasons. <clears throat> Number one, uh, we've got a bunch of special guests that are experienced in the realm of traveling to Scotland that were all able to join us tonight. And also, uh, Vin and I are actually going to be unavailable here for this Thursday and the following one, we've got a we've got a cool podcast cooked up for you for next Thursday, but uh, uh, we tried to fit an extra one here on Tuesday. So I think Vin, you're out there somewhere, right? I am. Hello, all. How's it going in uh, in the illustrious land of New Jersey this evening? New Jersey, the snow is melting and it's very sad. It's sad. Although it's getting warmer. Um. Well, that's good. And also, uh, we've got some other guests here tonight that are joining us and uh we're, we're here to talk about going to scotland which um is something that uh i started doing almost well probably more than 10 years ago now um when i when i was 14 years old i won the nickel brown which um uh, the prize was a trip to technically not scotland but it was a trip to the london contest which occurs in november and so i think it would have been 1999 that I went with my family to uh, London uh, for the first time uh, to compete, and uh, pretty much been every year since. Um, very privileged to be able to have done that, but um, also, you know, it, it's something really cool that now that I've done it so many times, it's k- kind of hard to picture not going back. And uh, I don't know, Vin, how many times have you been over? I've been I, I've been over personally probably a half a dozen times, uh, and went over with 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 the band twice. For two years in a row, um, and you know, I would say that you know, from my perspective, even being a spectator, you know, the experience is slightly changed, but it's still sort of uh, not to be taken lightly. If you're going to be taking a group over, would you say that's the case? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that the logistics of taking a, a band to Scotland are pretty daunting, and frankly, it's probably the number one reason why bands who would like to go. Uh, don't end up doing it is because they end up overwhelmed by uh, all the different things that need to get lined up. And uh, hence, one of the many miracles of Bagpipe Nation, because uh, tonight we've brought all the masters of the craft, certainly uh, certainly that I could think of, and, and we're going to get into it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I guess the bottom line I guess, is... I guess if you, yeah, well, well, I guess if you want to think about it, you know, what would you say are the, the biggest considerations if you're going to be making this decision? As a group, you've all said, yes, this is something we want to do. You know, if you could narrow it down to three to five things, what are the, what are the top things you need to start thinking about? My point of view, the number one thing is um, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing, definitely, for... For groups, for individuals, it can be a little bit easier. Although that being said, um, there are assumptions that aren't always true. For example, uh, when I go to Scotland, I'm, I'm going to need a, to find a hotel to stay at, uh, and of course, hotels are much more expensive than that exist. Um, for example, it's it seems to be a lot a lot more common in Scotland than it is here to be able to call up a university and uh, find a dormitory room to stay in, which is almost always at least half the price of a hotel, for example. So I think the number one thing is cost. Uh, the number two thing is logistics, I would say. This is uh, just my point of view. The number two thing is definitely how am I going to get from point A to point B. Uh, and maybe the third thing, to cut it off at three, is going to be you know, how, is my own, how is my own playing going to stack up um, competitively with people in Scotland. And I think, uh, you know, that, that, I think that causes a lot of groups and people to hesitate like, Oh my God, I might actually have to practice. Uh, right. Right. 
what, what kind of, what kind of, um, and, and I think, you know, we want to encourage everybody out there to, you know, to raise your hand using the, using the tools that are on your panel there for the web, webinar. Um, and, you know, and offer your suggestions or if you're, you're part of your experience or if you've got any tips to navigate some of this stuff. Um, but I mean, I think the first thing you need to consider is time too, don't you? You know, how long oh, is this yeah. going to take to plan and put together? Because I mean, obviously the, 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 the point of, uh, you know, that everyone's looking at is August for the worlds. I think that's goes without saying really. Yeah. My, um, my mom is on the line with us tonight, uh, uh, Betsy Douglas, and she's been, um, logistically in charge of, uh, a lot of the different stuff that goes on when Oren Moore goes to the world pipe band championships. So I don't know, mom, what, what are your thoughts about, you know, where do you start once you've decided that you want to go, uh, you know, what kind of stuff do you have to think about and how long do you need to think about it? Well, you can't, you can't start too early. Uh, for example, when we leave Scotland this year, we will probably make a deposit and have our accommodations at least set for next year because the sooner you start, the, the better choices you have as far as what's available and what price you want to pay. So, um, but... That being said, if you wanted to start today, you could probably do fairly well for yourself. So it's not too late to start now for this August. Get get to it and get working right now. Who's blowing into their microphone over there? Someone breathing heavy over there or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting going to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be you, Vin. I, I think you're maybe you're... Uh, Eating the microphone. Um, that's cool, Mom. So, uh, so what are the what are some of the things? Like, I would say, generally speaking, gen- and this is generally, I think the ideal amount of time is at least, uh, you know, nine months to a year. Like, like for example, you got to be thinking about this in the in the fall, the year before you're going to go. And and again, I'm I'm assuming that you're going to go in August, but there are other opportunities as well. Like I mentioned, for soloists, the London contest is frequented by. Uh, quite a few North American players each year, and that happens in November. But certainly for bands, generally speaking, August is the magic month. And so I would suggest you got to have a pretty good idea that you're going to go uh, by the fall of the previous year. Do you think that's fair to say? I think if for no other reason because you have to have your money in place. Um, for example, we stay in college dorms when we go with Orrin Moore, and Generally, you have to have a small deposit per person in January, and then at least half of what you need to pay for as a band is due by the 1st of April. So if you don't know you're going and how you're going to pay for it by November or December, you're going to have trouble making those costs. Yeah. Um, Hey, Vin, a few people have been saying you're kind of quiet on the mic there, so... Um, I will talk louder. Yeah, I think if you just, uh, I think you just got to get up close there. So, um, great. Let's bring a few other people on. I know that uh, Cliff Roberts has been with his band recently uh, to the world, so I'm going to unmute him here for a second. Hey, Cliff, uh, are you there? Yes, Andrew. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Tell us a little Good. bit about. Uh, tell us a little bit about you know the process of deciding that you'd like to go. Why? Why did you decide to go? And then. You know, what was the planning process like for you? Yeah, I, I think in our case it's a little unique because we, we started out comp- competing really only in the past year or so. Uh, we're a grade five band and we have a parade and performance group as well. So our challenge was how to make everybody happy. There were some people that wanted to take the trip but necessarily wouldn't compete, but we wanted to be able to balance that along with the competition and making our best performance possible when we hit Glasgow Green. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say I would say that that's that's common to a certain degree is, you know, sometimes bands would like to go to Scotland, but don't necessarily aspire uh, so much to try to be a hundred percent in contention to win, but, but just to have a cool experience uh, where you can bring your band. And so, right. um, so yeah, what I did was I, I, I tried to put in, in writing my thoughts about how the planning stages were, how a grade five band would get together and uh, a little little self promo here. That article should be coming out in the next issue of The Voice. Yeah, that'll be super. Uh, I, I look forward to reading that article 
Uh, for sure. Um, what are, you know, what are some of the things, you know, um, I don't want to say what are some of the things in the article? Cause, uh, I don't want you to give it away, but, but, uh, what are some of the things that you encountered and, and what was the process like? Well, n- number one, you, you need to get buy-in from everybody and that they're willing to make a trip over and put in the sacrifice and the hard work to make the, the sound as best as possible. It's, it's not, it's not a local games. You're, you know, one of my comments is when I go to a local games, if there's 15 bands in my grade, it's a lot. In, in my grade in Scotland, there were 60 bands. That's a lot. So, That's you, a know, lot. Put, you put that in perspective, you know. Well, I, and, uh, well, you know, um, to be honest, Oren Moore knows the feeling too, because uh, as we play in the USPBA, best case scenario is that uh, there, there'll be one other grade one band at a contest. And uh, hopefully, uh, one or two grade two bands to challenge up. But then, uh, yeah, it wasn't so much this, it wasn't a huge, well, it kind of was actually, there were over 20 grade one bands in the qualifier this year at the worlds. And of course, uh, that doesn't even include the pre-qualified bands of which I think there's usually six. So, uh, so yeah, there's definitely a larger volume there. From a, from a U.S. side of the band, I found my, my number one challenge from day one was the application to the RSPBA and the application to the world contest itself must be paid in UK pounds. You know, it's so funny because <laughs> we go through this every year with our band as well. Oh crap. We, uh, somehow we have to come up with pounds. So, uh, what's the solution there? Well, if you're near, if you're in New York city, Chicago, Los Angeles, or major city, almost any bank in those downtown areas will be able to give you uh, a UK drawn check. No problem. I didn't have that advantage, so I had to search for a band in New Jersey that would give me that, and HSBC was the ticket. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah, because I know that they're sort of they sort of have the international vibe going on at HSBC. Uh, yep, and you, need, you need the time to be able to get the account started. You need a minimum balance, and then you need to draw the exact amount that they need for the application. And then again, once you've applied, you'll get the, you'll get the contest. Um, Paperwork in the mail, and you've got to mail that in as well in UK pounds. Mom, what do we? What do we, we wait until do the that? last minute to get that entry in? I guess you know that's that's definitely a big consideration. It definitely is, yeah. And uh, uh, I think for some lower grade bands, um, you know, like grade four, for example, and even grade three, uh, there's there can be a grading issue there too, because uh, not only do you have to register for the RSPBA, but um, you have to decide if kind of do you want to be four A or four B, and I think. Uh, to put this mildly, I, I could be wrong here, but from what I understand, the RSPBA generally will have something to say um, about that. That's true. I, th- I think I think they do. I think I think generally, um, as a first go, any band going over will probably, if you, I mean, if you're not in the grade one or grade two, you'll be put in the B group, unless you can make a very strong case. Yeah, I think, and I do think some bands, for example, um, and I don't know if there's anyone out there tonight from, uh, the, the new New York Metro band who, uh, from what I understand, is planning to go over in grade three. But, uh, there would be an example of, from what I understand, again, uh, I'm, apologies if I'm incorrect here, but they're going to try to go over in 3A this year. Um, and so I'm not quite sure, uh, and I've heard, uh, rumors that maybe they're going to submit some sort of tape or recording of the group to demonstrate their grade level, uh, in which case. But I guess uh, the, the only point in mentioning this is that it will take some time to get that all organized. And, uh, you know, the communication is can be a little bit tougher. Uh, yeah, you know. Cliff brought up a good point too when he was when he was saying. I mean, he, he sort of alluded to the fact that you know this is not like your normal games outing, and you know you can't just show up to band practice once or twice during the week and then show up on games day and play. Right? This is a trip. You're going over probably for several days before the actual contest, like the worlds, and you're together with your bandmates every day all day, <laughs> and you're probably practicing every day leading up to the contest. So, um, you know, just mentally and physically, everybody's got to be on board with that. You know, like you talked about buy-in. Everybody's gotta, not only got to be buying in with the trip, but buying in with that whole process, getting over there and being there and playing every day and gearing up and then going to play <laughs> on yeah. games day. Well, yeah, and, and I, I think I think definitely, yeah. Mom, what do we well, usually do uh, with with our uh, trying to get our British pounds? 
Um, we've done it two ways. There, There is an online source, and off the top of my head, I can't tell you the name of it, but if you Google foreign bank draft, you'll find a company in California that will, you give them a credit card number and they will mail you a bank draft. And it's all secure, and they charge you a fee, of course, but they do the pound to, you know, the dollar to pound conversion and then mail you the draft in the, in the mail. And that works. It takes about a week. Um, it, our bank, Orenmore, uses Citizens Bank, which is actually a subsidiary of um, of the Royal Bank of Scotland. So we've been, the last couple years, we've been going straight to our bank. And, again, there's a little bit of a lead time there. I can get a foreign bank draft, but it takes about a week for the processing to go through. Um, and it takes a trip in person because I don't know if they trust whether we're terrorists or not. And so they do a they do an ID check every time. It's really kind of a stupid process, but you can do it from from your bank if your bank is an international bank. You didn't just say the T word on Bagpipe Nation, did you? Oh goodness! I'm sorry. We'll probably get flagged. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, we got, we have, uh, there's a decent question uh, up on on the board. Um, usually, bands plan years in advance to go to Scotland, and, it's, and it makes a good point. You know, rather than decide, you know, eight months out, you know, a lot of bands decide, you know, one, two years, three years, maybe that they're going to make this trip. Um, yes. You know, there's, there's, you think there's a certain amount of benefit to that? Ab- absolutely. There's, there's pros and cons to that. And uh, Bruce, it's a really awesome question. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the, the eight month thing that we were saying uh, um, is probably the bare minimum that you could reasonably expect to be able to organize your band. But, uh, yeah, th- you know, preferably you, you plan as much as possible. And the pros to that are going to be you're going to have lots of time to figure it out. Uh, you're going to have lots of time to try and raise uh, extra funds. Here's one of the negatives to that, which um, I think is important to acknowledge and, um, in my experience, has ruined a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of trips to Scotland that could have potentially been really great is if you think about it too early um, and if you're exploring the idea, you can actually uh, – you, you can actually lose support from the group uh, by uh, by being too cautious and conservative about it, which is ironic because I'm – Generally speaking, uh, really, really conservative when it comes to you know monetary decisions. But um, for, uh, the first time Oren Moore went over, and granted, I wasn't in the band at the time, but um, there was a division in the band when the group decided to go to Scotland, and several people left the band uh, because uh, um, you know they didn't want to make that commitment, and, and it's kind of scary for some people, and it's a lot of money. And so the longer you spend to think about it and to mull it over, um, the more, you know, the more, um, I don't know what the word is. Do you know what I'm saying, Vin? Oh, yeah, I I understand. I I think, you know, people psych themselves out almost. Um, You know, it seems like a great idea when everyone starts talking about it and everybody gets jazzed up about it. Um, But, you know, as you start planning and realizing it's getting closer and closer, it's, you know, it's a simple matter of cold feet sometimes. Um, I think you know. I, th- yeah. I think you know. You know, the one of the one of the helpful tip I think that your the, your mom mentioned is that uh, you know, give it a dry run. You know, um, we we you know, in the east here we have a circuit that spans from you know Maine to Florida, and there's plenty of long road trips a band can take um, to see if you're up for that kind of travel and that kind of. Logistical oh, you're, effort. You're right. There's a lot of long road trips that could <laughs> that could be taken. Um, you know, uh, Alma Games comes to mind in Michigan, and so on. Uh, and you know, frankly, uh, that's a great idea. And uh, to rehash that, basically, yeah, put your band on a bus, or, or, or in the situation where it actually takes some organization to get to an event and try it out. Um, when I when I uh, played with SFU and I was involved in the teaching of the RMM Juvenile Band. Um, they went over every other year to Scotland, uh, generally speaking. I think it was pretty much always in every other year interval. They took the kids over and uh, they, they won the Worlds in the, in the juvenile grade several times. Um, but in the years in between, and of course there, was, there were young kids coming up into the organization who had never uh, traveled with a group. Um, so in these off years, so to speak, for lack of a better word, um, They'd actually take the band to California 
um, which is a much shorter, much more affordable trip. Um, but we go, still require a plane, a plane trip, probably, right? Yeah, but but you know, and and of course, it, it's a lot of money, but it's great. Uh, I think it's great exposure for the group, exposure to the uh, to the different aspects of traveling, like uh, you know. <laughs> If you forget your passport uh, traveling to California, um, you know, it's probably less of a, a huge deal as it would be if you forgot your passport uh, trying to head. Well, maybe once upon a time, not now. Well, though. yeah. <laughs> See, I, I realized uh, what I was saying wasn't making sense, and I just I just, kept, I just kept saying it. I, I couldn't stop myself. Why don't we, uh, why don't we ask for, um, for some, some uh, shared experiences on this from some of the people out there? Uh, listening like Dave, I know, there's, there's, I know Dave's out. Dave Hall is out there, and they've been several times. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing how long he took to plan this trip. I mean, they've they've been over, and I'm sure. It was sure. Hey, uh, Dave, I'm going to unmute your microphone here. See, uh, are you are you out there, Dave? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Hey, okay. Dave. Hey, um, we actually decided to go over and it took about two years only because I didn't feel the bed ready the first year. So we held it off an extra year until we took the band over and it was probably the wise decision. But it also allowed us to bring in people like Gail Brown who's played at the Worlds many times and learn about all the experiences that we would need before we took the trip. Yeah, that's so good. It was more like a sort of like a training period that you that you went through to, to sort of gear up. Yeah, we did uh, many weekend sessions where uh, we did mock contests like we were playing at the Worlds, and uh, you know from marching up to the line with your pipes down and and just going through all the process uh, of what would be expected, so that by the time we got to the line, there there were no surprises at all. And I think taking that time to do that is is very beneficial. That's cool. Tell us about uh, you know did you have did you have any experiences that that uh, are are noteworthy uh, sort of in the pro- along the process here? You know, it's kind of interesting. The first year that we went over, um, our whole goal was just try to play well enough to get in the prize list. And we flew in on a Wednesday, got there Thursday morning, played Saturday, and flew back Monday. And it was a pretty whirlwind trip. Um, the second year we went over, we flew in the Saturday before and stayed till the Tuesday after the world. So we learned that that short period of time was not enough for what we needed. Um, but all, all the logistical things that you have to think about, you know, if you're flying as a group, how are you going to get the band from the airport to whatever university you're staying at? How are you going to get the band from the university to Glasgow Green? How are you going to get back to the airport? All those buses need to be set up well and ahead of time. Um, along with, you know, applying for your bus pass when you enter. Um, and we do a, a practice session at Glasgow Green on Friday at the exact time that we're going to play on Saturday. So we go down, we set up just like we're going to set up on Saturday go through the whole process, march over to where we're going to compete, and we do a, a final run in the circle that we're going to compete in the next day so th- that there's no surprises for the band. They know exactly what the event's going to be and, and walk through the whole process. And, and that's been beneficial. Yeah, that, I mean, that's cool. I mean, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a great tip, yeah. I mean, the big thing, and I think uh, my mom would definitely be prepared to chime in here because she does this with our band. But, you know, uh, bus travel is uh, for a group. Uh, at least we've come to the conclusion that bus travel is pretty much the best way to get things done. And, of course, uh, uh, for anyone who's ever been to the Worlds, you know that um, even local bands use buses uh, to get to the Worlds because uh, not only is it a, a – you know, a meeting place and a way to transfer your band, but it's also safe haven if it rains. And, uh, you know. Well, that's a really good point, Andrew, is that you need a shelter. And sometimes if your band is large, you may need two buses. You need to keep your equipment dry. You need to stay dry. Um, there's been an occasion or two when the band has had to tune up in the bus. So it's not, um, you know, there's not always good shelter 
for staying out of the rain. Um, one of the points about um, doing a dry run with the band, um, I know when Orinmore travels, we all go in our cars and we've got 47 tents and everything but the kitchen sink and we travel fairly comfortably. But if you get on a bus even to go um, to Alma, Michigan or Alexandria, Virginia, you have to figure out how to travel and who's going to bring the tent and how are they going to fit under the bus and how many coolers do you really need. And working out those logistics here on home ground um, is important um, because you can't, you can't do that when you're, when you're not at home. Um, for example, more and more has tents that live in Scotland because you need to have um, shelter when you get to the world. That's critical. And, you know, we do what we have to do to be able to store them over the winter so that we can stay dry-ish when it rains, because yeah. it will. It's, it's, it's tricky. I mean, we go every year, so it's almost like we're privileged because, yeah, we do have – we actually do leave some gear in Scotland because we know that when we come back, we're going to need it. And it's way cheaper to leave it there than it is to try and <laughs> – can you imagine if uh, – <clears throat> If uh, one medium-sized suitcase costs twenty-five bucks to check, who knows what they're going to charge to, you know, for like a forty-pound tent? Hey, uh, Cliff, you, you, go ahead. You, you had your hand up. No, I was just going to say, Andrew. As as far as the buses are concerned, the number one problem we found was there are rules in Scotland that only allows a driver to be on the bus so long. So you either leave the world early before the prizes get handed out or you have a second driver show up to make sure you can substitute for the primary driver. Yes. yes. And oh, I that, forgot about that. Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> we, use a, we use a bus company where, I don't know, they seem to just kind of uh, magically make it happen. But yeah, it's a, it was something that they organized in advance knowing that, you know, what they're in for. You know, because right. I, I think a lot of the bus drivers too, and the bus companies are used to this ordeal every year, right. and, and they kind of know what. I think the expected. bus drivers have a party. Um, the one company that we use, all the bus drivers from that company have a barbecue on the day of the world. Um, but but that reminds me of another point: is that one of the things you have to keep track of is um, is there someone on the bus? We had an incident where um, someone who wasn't a member of the band got on the bus, and we were missing things. So you have to leave your bus. I mean, this is stupid, but you have to leave your bus with someone on it at all times, or the bus has to be locked. That being said, if you lock the bus, you can't lock it with four sets of bagpipes on the bus oh, because yeah, well, yeah. it may take Jeez. a while for the bus driver, to, you know, for you to find somebody. So those are the kinds of things that you would work out if you did a dry run to Timbuktu in the United States yeah. before you went to the world and and you know made a big mistake it's funny i mean uh, you're right i mean we've learned that so basically to avoid that problem we leave the bus open all day but we also um you know where whenever humanly possible there's at least one person from either the support sort of group that's there or or, or from the band is stays with the bus and and there's always someone watching because yeah i mean um I think I think there have been years where there's just crews of people that go around hitting all the buses for valuables. Oh, um, absolutely. So we you don't leave anything. Uh, don't bring anything valuable with you on the day, and uh, don't leave the bus unattended. I think we okay. should uh, we should probably move on um, to different topics. I mean, or or at least um, let's talk about other resources that you need. Like for example, uh, where does the band stay um, when you go to Scotland? I, I can I can give some input to that, Andrew. I I I found talking to a few bands that there are certain schools that you can stay at with dormitories, so to speak. But we stay at the University of Edinburgh. They're really not dormitories; they're full apartments. And the the breakfast they give you in the morning, they're used to feeding armies of people there. So your band is just a small little piece of the number of people that they accommodate on any given day. And uh, I highly recommend the University of Edinburgh, and it's it's about a twenty five minute bus ride from University of Edinburgh to Glasgow Green. Oh wow, I hadn't heard so of that it, one. It was great. It was a great place, and it's far enough away where I, I was at the University of Glasgow. It's a beautiful campus, and it's nice, but there's a bar there that attracts everybody, and that can be a huge distraction for a band to be around that kind of an environment if you're staying in Glasgow itself. Yeah, and that's uh, we Orin Moore no longer stays in Glasgow. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are lots of – I mean, there's the University of uh, Glasgow, 
that has several facilities. And there's also Strathclyde University, which may or may not be the same thing. I don't really know, but uh, but they tend to be uh, they tend to be totally crawling with tons of pipe bands. And uh, if you're if you're up well, for a, their location too. I mean, they're they're ideally located for easy walks just about anywhere in city center and easy access to all the places you want to be <laughs> during that week. And I think that's why they're so popular. But uh, but yeah. at the same time, as Cliff mentions, and Oren Moore is definitely on the same page, is it, it can become much too distracting. Uh, the world-famous Todd Bar, the week of the worlds, is like, you know, I've been there. I just, if you're within 100 uh, meters of the Todd bar, you just start to, you know, itch all over and you just start, to, you just start to feel the music and you just have to party. You have to party, You're, you, you know, and you forget about the band and you just, the, the vibe. I mean, and, and, well, the, and these days with piping live, there's, there's something going on there pretty much every night leading up to the Saturday. Um, I, you know, it used to be a place where people hung out and it used to be a good place to just, you know, have a pint and, 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 uh, meet people. But now it's you know it's crawling with people like the events and pipers and music and things going on all every night every 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 night of the week. Yeah, it's uh, uh in Oren Moore, you know I'm uh I try to be good about setting aside one or maybe two nights where uh, you know we set it we set aside enough time so that people who are interested can make their way down and you know because it is important. I mean the World's Week is so cool because you can unite with a lot of different uh, friends from all over the world and. It's kind of a cool pilgrimage, so you don't want to miss out on it completely, but you do need to be focused um, uh, on the assumption that you really yeah. want and, to. And, and, each of, and each of these universities have um, different university, uh, dormitory complexes, too, I believe. I mean, it's not just the main ones near the city center, but they have others sort of maybe on the outskirts. I know there's you know, the one, there's, there's a couple out by the Botanical Gardens, there's one, um, and you know, I think there's another sort of maybe further on the other end. One of the um, things to consider, sorry I'm interrupting you, Ben, um, is that sort of thing needs to line up, and there's different universities with different price ranges. But one of the cool things about staying in the university in the dorms that's neat, that's different from a hotel, is that you can have um, self-catering accommodation. And it ends up costing the band less money if you're cooking breakfast or if you're making sandwiches for lunch rather than to have to eat out in a pub every night. So it's one of the financial considerations too to stay in a dorm because you don't you don't necessarily have to eat in a restaurant the whole time. And and back to your point, um, Andrew, about the airport. What my wife did, which was a, a really smart thing, was we we were concerned about the drums and how to get the drums over. And I think that what we found to be really successful was we we checked the drums as luggage and packed them full of clothes. Yes, and then it allowed us to carry on a bag that would be our uniform and our clothes for the week that we were there. Yeah, I and, think. And that was, yeah, that was very helpful. That's great. I mean, yeah, it helps keep your drums safe because they have padding, and then it's going to cut down on your luggage fees as well. So, um, yeah, that's a tactic used by many bands, I think. The other thing, too, is um, storage of the drums when you get to Scotland can be a bit of an issue. Uh, in Oran Moore, we, I think, generally speaking, we rent or, you know, we set aside one room. I think the band books one room and it's the drum room and that's where all the drums live because uh, the flats that you stay in can get quite tight. I, um, so thanks, Cliff, for, for uh, chiming in there. Um, I want to move on now to just uh, more about um, – we've got a couple of questions. <clears throat> we got one from uh, Michael Gillespie here who is asking about how the World Championship actually works uh, in regards to bands qualifying. And so on, which I think is good. And I think we should go in a little bit how the event actually works. Um, <clears throat> generally speaking, if there are enough bands in your grade, which almost all grades uh, have enough bands at this point, uh, there is a qualifying round that generally will occur in the morning. Definitely in grade one, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, the past two years in grade one, Oren Moore has played at 9, 10 a.m. in the morning. And we've also played at 10, 10 a.m. in the morning. And uh, it's a little bit scary. And if you don't, if you don't uh, make it to the cutoff point in the qualifier, um, your day is over, which is it's a little bit brutal. But it, it's also, um, you know, pretty uh, 
intense. Makes us stronger. Oh yeah, what doesn't kill us uh, <laughs> makes us stronger and way poorer. So, uh, and so generally speaking, I think um, grade grades four, three, uh, some years in grade two, um, but some years not. I, I remember not having to qualify. I think it depends on whether it's an MSR or a medley year. Yeah, and it's not. It doesn't have to do with the MSR or the medley, but it has to do with the fact that uh, in medley years, uh, fewer bands come uh, to the worlds in grade two. So it's just kind of luck of the draw as far as how many people actually register, um, and the same will be true in the other grades. Uh, the, you know, and a lot of us think. I mean, if, if you know, for, for those who haven't been, I mean, it's happening all at once, every grade. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. starting at you know nine a.m., eight thirty, or whatever the first band is on. The very biggest grade, uh, whether it's qualifying or actual round. Yeah, and the very biggest events here, including well, I guess Maxville is a possible exception. Uh, you know, the the biggest games here have two circles where they're running two events at once. Uh, in uh, at the Glasgow Green on the Day of the Worlds, I think there's over 10 circles running simultaneously. Um, all the different grades, qualifiers, um, and of course, uh, grade two and, or, or I'm sorry, grade one has two. The grade one arena actually is kind of self contained. So they have the qualifier in the morning and they move on to the MSR and then they run the medley all in the same circle. Um, and then the other grades use the different ones. And of course, sometimes you have two heats of qualifiers, like for grade four B, uh, I think, uh, I think Cliff was sort of mentioning, yeah, 60 bands. And they, uh, so they actually have to run two, two, maybe even more qualifying heats of, uh, you know, many, many bands. And then, right. and then they assign the cutoff. From so how do you, how do you pre actually prepare for that? I mean, you know, most of us are, are, are playing in bands, practicing once, maybe twice a week, gearing up for a contest. And, you know, you know, what kind of changes to your own practice routine do you have to, do you have to then do once you're over there? I mean, you can't just sort of take it as usual, like you're back home in the States. You have to, I mean, there's, there are changes you have to make, aren't there? There are definite changes. There are definite changes. And, uh, yeah, I'll speak about that here. Uh, I'll speak about that here for sure. Uh, I guess the, the bottom line for me is just to stick with the simple rule which is that the environment that you're going to play in, you know, the environment that you're going to compete in uh, should be simulated as best as possible uh, in preparation. So uh, there are a variety of things. First thing, uh, and I'll speak to what Oren Moore does, um, but it, 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 the same would go for any grade level. Um, uh, we know you got to find out what time you're going to be on at the Worlds, um, and then you have to practice at that time. So, uh, with, with the grade one, uh, the, the qualifier starts at 9am. So if you get a bad draw, like we did in 2009, uh, the band was, um, you know, uh, we started our first practice of the day at 8am. Uh, and what we did at that time is we sort of did a simulation. So we did, we did the typical band tune up, uh, and we, we had a mock performance at the exact time that we were going to compete in the morning. And, um, you know, and frankly, you, you could be doing this for any major contests is, uh, you know, simulate it the best you can. Other considerations are, uh, it, you know, Oh, this connected pipe bands going in the other room there. Great. Uh, anyway, sorry, I got distracted. Other, other things to consider are, are the, um, type of surface that you're going to be playing on, especially in Scotland where everything is, uh, quite cool and extremely moist. Um, you need to make sure that you're setting up your chanters and setting up the band. And even the drums, I would be so bold as to suggest, need to be set up on the grass at that time of day because uh, it's going to be quite cool and very, very wet. And you need to make sure that the pipes are going to sound in tune uh, at that time of day. Um, and when I, when I played in SFU, um, we never had to qualify in the morning because uh, of the results the previous year. In grade one, if you're in the top six the previous year, um, you don't have to qualify the following year. So uh, SFU would generally practice whenever, you know, at an estimated time because the draw is always different. But uh, so we'd always be practicing in the early afternoon the week before the Worlds. Uh, what else? What have I missed here, Vin? So, you know, Dave mentioned this earlier, too. Um 
you know, he thought, you know, going up over like the first, you know, for two days before wasn't enough time. Um, how much time do you think is the right enough time for a trip like that to get everything in line, everybody's heads screwed on straight, and uh, and the pipes going the way you want them? Yeah, um, a great, excellent question. Uh, I would I would recommend, if possible, which of course sometimes. You know, it can be hard for your whole band to get that amount of time off work. But I would recommend getting there in time to play a contest on the weekend before the Worlds in Scotland. There's a couple cool things. There's a couple cool things about doing that. The first thing is, um, you know, you get to you get the, you get a little bit of the nerves and the excitement and the uh, the foreign nature of what you're doing. You get it out of your system. Um, the week before. So, you know, cause it's very exciting and it's, it's very, it can be scary. It could be, um, <clears throat> exhilarating, you know, but to get out there and to play in front of, uh, judges you've never seen before in front of, uh, other bands that you've never seen before. Um, that's great to get that out of your system. The other thing that's really awesome is, um, <clears throat> the potential of doing really well the week before. Um, it can be really cool. Uh, Oren Moore in 2007, we won the grade two contest at Bridge of Allen, which was um, just really amazing prize for the band. Uh, and then regardless of how you do at the Worlds, you have something really cool to hang your hat on um, by doing – because, you know, the events aren't as big as the Worlds the weekend before and sometimes that's really good. You may also do very poorly, but the good news is then you have five days of practices before the Worlds um, to – um, you know, to work on on improving. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, it's it's good, and I think in a lot of ways, some of the foreign bands, especially ones coming over from the states, have somewhat of an advantage. I would think. You know, a lot of a lot of the bands that show up are locals, for the most part. It's almost for for them, it's almost like just for us driving a couple of hours to local games. Um, they just get on their bus and and come. Um, and then the last time they played together was a band practice two nights before, maybe. You know. Um. You know, so in, in that regard, you've you've got a lot of time to, to to really really polish up leading up to the day. I think in in a way that's you know a step above maybe the local competition. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I don't know. Does anyone out there have any questions? I mean, please raise your hand if you do. Uh, anything at all. Um, um. One of the issues that comes up with Oren Moore, um, because we have kids that are younger, um, and, and it's a decision that you have to make in your band, but if if you have kids that are under 18, for example, what is your band policy going to be about minors traveling with or without parents? And um, I can tell you um, my opinion, but I won't, but just know that it will be an issue and, and know that you have to decide as a group how you're going to handle it. For example, kids traveling without their parents should have some kind of notarized document from their parents that say, so-and-so is allowed to um, make decisions for my kid in the event of an emergency. Um, we've had a couple of emergencies. Uh, one of the band moms one year spent uh, the three days in the emergency room with three different kids for three different issues. Know, that, know what you're going to do and plan for that ahead of time. Um, another thing to plan ahead before you go, and I'm just filling in in case someone asks some questions, um, call your credit card company and tell them you're going to be traveling in Scotland. The last thing you want to deal with is um, an, um, a security hold on your credit card account because you're doing unusual activity. Um, call them before you go. Um, it's real easy to use plastic in Scotland, but and the exchange rate comes right off your credit card. But if you warn your credit card company before you go, you won't have any issues that are surprises when you get there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I, that's, a, that's a really good point. I mean, those are yeah. those are these are the kind of house cleaning details I think that uh, often get overlooked too. I mean, there's there's issues with just plain old getting your passport renewed. Yep. If, if you haven't traveled for a while. Know, um, know what like your that. health insurance company policy is for traveling overseas. I don't, you know, call your health insurance company and say, am I covered when I'm there? So that if you do end up in an urgent care or in an emergency room, you know that you have health insurance and you're not going to have to, you know, charge your broken foot on the MasterCard because um, 
that you know you just you want to you want to prepare yourself in those kind of really they're stupid things to think about but it is you know it is another company here's one you got to have a voltage adapter when you go to Scotland because your hair dryer ain't going to work yeah, um, and do not hair uh, dryer. What about my new phone? Yeah. Your new phone is probably um, going to have an issue. <laughs> well, the electronics are actually it's the electronics can be slick. A lot, most phone chargers and laptop chargers have uh, converters kind of pre, you know, kind of ready to rock already. Uh, so you, oh yeah, but read your thing because you'll fry you your computer if it's not ready to rock. So yeah, um, I fried the uh, I fried the Maureen's drill one year, and uh, I'm non apologetic. <laughs> Okay, but uh, it was a little bit embarrassing. And, uh, <clears throat> but there you go. Um, one of the other th- one of the things that I did this year is uh, I purchased travel insurance for my trip, uh, which most uh, airlines offer when you when you purchase your ticket. Um, it was seventy bucks, so my ticket was eleven hundred dollars, and then uh, my travel insurance was seventy bucks, and that does a lot of things for you just in case of emergency. I think you're covered up to a a bazillion dollars for any medical problems that you might have while you're there. Um, Like if you get insulted by non-educated delinquents when you're in Glasgow. Um, Which happens frequently. It happens pretty much, pretty much uh, five, five or six times uh, uh, per person. uh, Here's one that, um, that I read where make on a copy of your passport, your credit cards and your phone numbers and leave that copy with someone at home so that if you lose your wallet or if you have some kind of an emergency, you have the availability of those documents um, not on your person. Um, That's a good one. You like that one? That's a good one. That's good. Because um, the, the number is a key thing. I think if you have your passport number, I think that's a that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, because you can go. Situation. You can get one in emergency if you if you have one. But um, I usually leave a whole envelope full of documents with a friend here, who the envelope never get, has so far knock on wood has never been opened. But if I have to call someone, um, I I I can and I can get what I need to get done. Um, yeah, one more, one more for the road, and then uh, Cliff also has his hand up here again. Uh, one more for the road is that cell phones are um, really easy to acquire, and I highly recommend it. Even if uh, even if you don't plan on calling home, uh, they're really good to have. You can go to uh, I use Orange. It's a cell phone company there. It's called Orange, and they have uh, what's called the Camel Plan, I believe, which is six pence which is the equivalent of 10 cents or so U.S. Uh, per minute to call to the United States, which is good. Um, and it's also, you know, very affordable to call other people in your band who may or may not have cell phones. Uh, and they, they'll give you a perfectly acceptable cell phone with the purchase of enough minutes. It's not like you have to sign a four-year contract. Um, the, U, the U.K. and European countries uh, are really into the pay-as-you-go system. So, um, if you go, if you spend 30 pounds in minutes, um, which will last you, uh, the whole week that you're there, if not, uh, carry over into the next year, uh, they'll give you the phone for free. So, uh, Excellent. very good for tracking down itinerant drummers. Oh yeah. No, it's really good. And, and especially, yeah. uh, we have in Orin Moore, I mean, pretty much everybody has their own uh, phone because it's very cheap and it's a great way to coordinate stuff. Even on the day of the world's. Um, it's good to have someone, you know, go out to the draw and if the band's back at the bus needing to know if they're going to have to start warming up right away, you can just have somebody call over, uh, you know, simple things like that. Let's see what uh, Cliff is up to here. Cliff, go ahead. No, I was going to reinforce your, your statement about the about the phones, Andrew. They really are quite convenient in, in, the, in the UK with the GSM phones. But one, one thing I wanted to, to, to let people know about um, Continental Airlines is offering uh, uh, a credit card, and the first year the maintenance is free, but it gives you entrance to the Continental Lounge in both the U.S. and in Scotland. Nice. And it allows you to bring a guest as well. So two people can actually ride on one membership, and if you know you're going that year and you've got that, that membership card, which you get for absolutely free because you've got a credit card from Continental Airlines, you can sit in the lounge on the way going and on the way back. 
Yeah, just careful for the careful of getting dinged uh, the the next year on it, though. Yeah, I don't think they take kindly to a bunch of pipers and drummers swarming in there for the free hey, drinks. You could have a band <laughs> practice followed by free drinks uh, at the airport, man. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. But the the cell phone, the, the the even if you have a GSM phone in the U.S., you can swap out the SIM card there and just get the SIM card. You don't need the phone itself. Yeah, that's cool. It works out really well. Yeah. You have to be careful with that, though, because they bill you, uh, the U.S. companies bill you, um, I think it's a dollar a minute for every minute you use your phone. Uh, we had one band member come home with a $700 phone bill because she was using her phone like she was using it at home. And right. the pricing is very different. You can do it, but you need to remember that you're paying top dollar. That's one of the lovely things about a prepaid phone is that when you talk too much, your time runs out. Right. But you don't just have to get a phone. You can get you can actually get the SIM card that goes in the, your phone, and it'll be a UK-based phone building those minutes on the prepaid plan. Oh, okay. That's one I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Another another thing I've been doing is um, <clears throat> I bring my computer and I use Skype. Skype's free, and uh, you can even you can even uh, call phones from Skype if you set it up. Uh, which and and you can get. Uh, calling you know if you set it up in the united states uh it's a united states rate to call phones which is extremely cheap way if you can find a decent internet connection when you're in scotland like uh, a lot of the universities will offer internet in your room if that's the case uh you can communicate uh super cheaply um i think that uh unless anyone else has any more questions we we can probably wrap it up here what do you say vin I think yeah, I think I think we covered a lot of a lot of ground here. I mean, you know, there's always the, you know, we went we dealt through logistics of hiring buses and setting up dorm rooms and how to organize your group while you're there, um, and all the little personal items that you need to take care of. So I'm hopefully hopefully uh, some good information for people if they're ever considering this trip. Yeah, and if anyone uh, needs would like to contact Cliff or uh, my mother. Uh, Betsy Douglas or any of us about with any questions about the worlds, we're more than happy to help. My email is Andrew at pipersdojo.com and uh, I'll be happy to forward emails on or help you with questions the best I can. Um, yep. Next, we, we don't have anything going for this Thursday on Bagpipe Nation because uh, uh, Vin and I are both unavailable. We've got a gig with the Chieftains Thursday uh, with Orrin Moore. So. Uh, <clears throat> and then the following Thursday, uh, we have a s sort of special podcast edition uh, where there's going to be some excerpts from uh, a recent concert that I played with Eric McNeil, as well as maybe some other goodies. We'll have to figure out. Uh, uh, we'll have to figure out where we're going to go with that, um, and then we'll be back to the live Bagpipe Nation uh, the year. Uh, the year, yeah, the week following, which All I right. So, so stay tuned. Uh, tune into PipeHacker.com, and you'll can tune in to see what's going coming up after that on the next live show. Great. All right, everybody. Well, thanks very much for joining us. We will uh, uh, put on some exit music, and we will see you uh, next time on all right, Bagpipe Nation. Uh, should we, do, we, we shouldn't do uh, Snowball again. We'll do the Shore House. Okay, here we go. See you later, everybody. Bye.